Ice. Welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. It is a Tuesday afternoon and a cold and brisk day up here in Athens, but we've got a great show for you. The Braves are one win away from a World Series victory as I'm knocking on wood on my desk next to me. We've had a great weekend in the NBA and the NFL and college football, all to recap as well. But I know always we got to go with our introductions and our trivia. So, to begin, my name is Evan Smoke. I am a second year at the University of Georgia, and I am the resident fire on this podcast here. About three hours southeast of me is the local ice, Mr. Bryson Wheeler. Bryson, how was the weekend for you? Man, it was great. Uh, I did come home a little sick, so if you hear me being a little congested or something, that's why. But it was such a fun weekend. We had that first game in Atlanta. Crazy atmosphere. So many people out in the battery. That's where I watched the game. Didn't get to go inside because tickets were a little too much money for me. But just great atmosphere. The next day we went to the Falcons game against the Panthers. Falcons come up short, lose 19-13. to And then we went back to the Braves game again that night. And when I say that place was crazy when Adam Duvall hit that grand slam, I think that was the craziest atmosphere that I've ever been in for a sporting event. And I've been with in, uh, walk-off games in baseball. I've been to last-second field goals for college football. I've been to so many great atmospheres, but I think that may have topped it. We had people climbing trees. I mean, beer, all kinds of stuff flying everywhere. It was insane. I definitely expected it to be an amazing, you know, atmosphere up there. A little sad we couldn't close it out in the A, but, you know, we get two more chances now, and we'll talk into that first. But uh, is anybody there to give us a trivia question? Yeah, Noah's got us right here. (coughs) In college football, what defense leads the nation in yards per game? Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Yep. I saw the other day that they were giving up less rushing yards per game than Georgia, so I had to assume that they had it overall. Yeah, it's Georgia's second in a lot of categories, and then they're first in, like, points and touchdowns and stuff like that. But yards, I think it's well like second or third. Yeah. Yeah, y'all are second. But, I mean, we all know the Georgia defense is the best in the country, but Wisconsin can have that title as – least yards per game or whatever. It's seven to six in trivia, correct now? I believe so, yes. Okay. Well, let's jump into the MLB real quick. Like you said earlier, the Braves hold a three to two lead as we go back to Houston. Tonight we have Max Free versus Luis Garcia. I expect us to see Max Free that we saw the last couple months after the All-Star break in this regular season. He's been struggling lately his last couple of starts, but I think you're going to see a really determined Max Freed ready to bring home a championship to the ATL. I think he's going to have a good starting. Luis Garcia, you know, he's been good for Houston lately. Nothing special. I think the Braves can get to him early. So what are you expecting to see tonight out of that matchup? Well, the two biggest things I think that you have to understand as we look into this game is Luis Garcia is coming off of a short rest. He's going to have to pitch, you know, kind of hard, an uphill battle, as they would say. But, you know, that really is the question like we just talked about with Freed. Is, are we going to get the Freed in the last two postseason starts or are we going to get regular season Freed? And that will really, I think, dictates the game. If you could get a good start out of Max Freed, I, I don't think Garcia is going to shut down the bats um, to, to the extent that, like, you're going to lose this game 2 nothing, you know, 
or something like that. Like if you could get a good start out of Max Reed with less than one or two earned runs, you're going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. And the next thing I want to talk about was the bats and how they've been keeping us in these games. That first night that I was there, you know, we were down two to one. And then we had the homers by Soler and Swanson to put us ahead. Last night, you had – or two nights ago, you had Adam Duvall with the grand slam, Freddie Freeman with the homer. This team has lived and died by the long ball all year. And right now, it is working for them. It's been a team that I've criticized all year. We do not do the right – the small stuff right. We don't do – move runners over, score them when we need to. We live and die by the home run. And it's working right now. And it's been a good thing because the Braves have had a lack of starting pitching lately, losing Charlie Morton, not having another guy after Morton Freed and Anderson that we can really rely on. Now, the bullpen has stepped up. They didn't have a good game Sunday. But besides that, they've looked really good lately. So the bats just need to keep us in it. But another thing that I want to talk about is the playoffs. He has – I'm pretty sure there's eight career playoff starts and five of them he has given up zero earned runs. What are your thoughts on Ian Anderson and how he projects in the playoffs? If we have that game seven, how do you think he'll fare? Well, Ian Anderson has always been lights out of the playoffs. Like he's just he's just very good. He gets the job done. There's really no logical reason behind it. He just seems to be able to deliver in big moments, no matter, you know, the circumstances. But a game seven in Houston tomorrow night is not something I even want to touch. I, I Like I said earlier when we talked about it, if it goes to seven, I do not want to pick the Braves just because I don't know how the Astros – I don't know if the Astros are going to lose, you know, at home. They already did, so there's a possibility. I just – I think Anderson is the right pitcher to keep us in the game. I just don't even want to get to that scenario. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, Anderson kind of – count or he does count as a rookie still and you really never want to throw a rookie in a game seven especially on the road but like we've said he's been lots out in the playoffs he's never gave up more than two earned runs in a start in the playoffs so I like our odds and it's like I said before the series we have the upper hand in every starting pitching matchup and we will again the next two days so I want to touch on that Adam Duvall grand slam again real quick the Braves were up 4 nothing in that game, but then the Houston Astro bats woke up, and the Braves just could not stop them. The bullpen had a really bad game, but look for the bullpen to have a bounce-back game tonight and tomorrow probably. The bullpen's been really good most of the year. Luke Jackson, A.J. Minner, Tyler Matzik, uh, Will Smith, who has came along really good of late. It's a really good bullpen. They just had a bad game. What are your thoughts? Do you think they'll bounce back? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to bounce back, but you just got to hope that Freed doesn't kill himself early. You know, if Freed goes out there and gives up three-yard runs and we got to put in somebody in the third inning, then it doesn't matter how well the bullpen does. You can't really expect them to pitch the whole rest of the night only to come back and pitch the whole, you know, pitch tomorrow too. You know, you've got to get innings out of Freed tonight. You have to. Yeah, I agree, and I think you will. I think you'll probably get five or six out of Freed. Hopefully he can go six and you just go Matt, Zick, Jackson, Smith, and end the game right there. So what are your predictions on the rest of the series, though? Do you think the Braves close it out tonight? Do you think they win it tomorrow? Do you think the Astros win it in seven? You've got to win it tonight. I think we do it. I think we win it tonight. 
But if you do, if you lose tonight, you're not winning tomorrow. I just don't see it. No, you what get- are your predictions? Braves and six. All right, now I'm going to hop on the train as well. Braves and six as all three of us are going. I think you win it tonight, but if you lose, I don't like our chance. All right, well, do you have anything else on the MLB you want to touch on real quick? Uh, no, kind of, you know, congratulations to Adrianza. He became a parent today, so congrats to him. Yeah, me and Noah were talking about that on the way to the cafeteria today, and we were like, would you miss the World Series for your child's birth? We both agreed, no. We would have to stay for the World Series. Now, I don't blame him. I mean, he doesn't start. You know, he's probably just going to come in pinch hit situation or whatever. But yeah. me and Noah both said we could not miss the World Series even for our child's birth. I wonder if he'll be back tomorrow if it gets pushed. I, I would assume so, but you never know. All right, well, let's jump into the NBA real quick. And I'll let you handle most of this, but let's talk about the Hawks. They're off to a 4-3 and three start. They've looked, you know, kind of a little lackluster. They do have that positive record still, 4-3. and three, But what are your thoughts on the Hawks' start so far? Well, I'm not, I'm not really looking much into the Hawks right now. We made, we made some sacrifices for the Braves to win. Um, you know, had to lose so the Braves could win that night. You know, not really too looking forward into it. Biggest thing is Cam Reddish has come out on fire. Um, I really appreciate uh, Travis Schleck and the rest of the management staff for not trading him for a bag of chips this offseason. That was rumored multiple times. Uh, Cam needs to stay in Atlanta. I think he's the sixth man we need, you know, to build on in that second. You did DeLon Wright, who was a pickup this offseason in the Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, Chris Thompson three-way trade. He's done pretty well behind Trey Young so far, giving, picking up some big minutes. You know, right next to Lou Will. Um, biggest thing that I can really like complain about is just we just don't have any front court depth. We just don't like when Collins and Capella come off the floor, we're done. Like we get manhandled under the rim. So I mean, Akagu will be back probably after the new year. Uh, Gorjal Dig, he's done a decent job. I'd like to see Jalen Johnson get used more in the front court, but you know, there's just a couple things we need to improve on. The team's young. Uh, you know, probably still coming off the high of the conference finals birth. Not too worried, um, but definitely need to see some improvements as we go on through the month. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's early in the season. They've played seven games, it's an 82 game schedule, but Cam Reddish has looked really good to start off. No, definitely. I, I love to see what Cam's done. All right. Well, uh, let's jump into what the uh, Bulls and the Wizards. They've both been very pleasant surprises. So, what are your thoughts on those two teams? Are they contenders? Well, I'm not re- – the Wizards are not. Uh, I'll get to the Wizards in a second. But the Bulls now, the Bulls might actually be something here. I mean, DeRozan, Lonzo, uh, Vucevic, Levine, uh, Patrick Williams has been playing great. Alex Caruso is like – I think now that he's out of Chicago, people are starting to realize that he's not just a joke. Like, the dude could actually play basketball. I mean <laughs> – He's a really good six-man for that team. There's some other people that Bulls team that's provided pretty well. Kobe White's done a great job. Uh, I think all of those things, you know, are definitely going to help. I don't want to call them contenders just yet, but they're definitely proving every week and every game that they're playing. I mean, they just they came back from 20 the other night to beat the Celtics by 20. I mean, that's a 40-point swing. I don't care how bad the Celtics are this year. That's a very impressive thing to do. You know, quickly in the second half of the uh, second half of the game, uh, 
Wolves looking really well. The Wizards now. The Wizards have come off to a hot start. You've got Bradley Beal averaging 24. Matres Harrow is averaging 18. Spencer Dinwiddie is averaging 18. Kuzma is averaging 16. Daniel Gafford is averaging 14. I mean, the starting lineup is doing really well. Ruha Chiamera and Rondetto have both played pretty well as well. Don't really want to give much. I think it's just a little quick run. I think as the season progresses and the Hawks and the Heat, and, you know, the Hornets do, you know, get back on track. Wizards are going to start to lose some games. Maybe competing for a, a solid playoff spot versus a play-in spot, but I don't see anything really more out of that from the nation's capital, Steve. Yeah, I agree with that. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who you talked about, is a guy that I've really liked. When he was with the Nets, you know, he kind of just got overshadowed. But dude's got a lot of talent, and he's kind of blossoming there right now. But now let's talk about some teams that you touched on earlier that have been disappointing. The Celtics and the, the Clippers. What are your thoughts on those two teams so far? So the Clippers are two and five, and the Clippers are two and four. Now the Clippers have <laughs> schedule, but you know losing Kawhi Leonard definitely hurts. I mean, when you sink that much money and you sink that much trade capital into him like you did, and now he doesn't play for you, it's going to be a rough season. Paul has played pretty well, but there's really just nobody else giving him support. I mean, I know Terrence Mann and some other pieces like uh, Eric Bledsoe are trying their best to help out Paul George, but it's just – it's not to the same effect that the claw can give you every night. So they're having a little bit of some struggles, you know, adjusting to life without him. Absolutely. And Kawhi's a top three player when he's healthy. So, of course it's going to hurt when you lose somebody like that. Do you have yeah. anybody else on the NBA you want to touch on real quick? Yeah, the Celtics. I just want to talk about the Celtics. Um I don't know what the problem is. I mean, Udoku, the new coach, was supposed to be this great hire. I thought Brad Stevens had a phenomenal offseason. But I think the biggest problem is right now is they just don't have a point guard. I mean, they don't have anybody that can go up and down the floor, you know, make good assists, pass the ball, go get you layups. You know, they just don't have that traditional point guard. I mean, Marcus Smart's a very good defensive player, but he's not He's not a Kyrie Irving. He's not a Kimball Walker that they've had in years past with, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum when they've been there. And I think that's starting to rear its head a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. They need to go get somebody soon. And you got anything else on the NBA? Uh, No. All right. Well, let's jump into college football. And as we all know, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party happened this week in Jacksonville. And Georgia took care of business. As things start to tense up in Gainesville, I'm not sure what's going on in Gainesville right now, but I think something big is about to come out. You know, I've always said I don't think Dan Mullen should be fired, and I still don't. And I don't think he is going to get fired right now. But I've just been hearing a lot of rumbling out of Gainesville. They're talking about the president of the school possibly retiring. They're talking about the athletic director possibly getting fired with some allegation stuff with the women's basketball program. As we all think and know, Todd Grantham's out by the end of the year. If all that happens, could Dan be out as well? I don't know what's going on in Gainesville right now. but There's a lot that happened down there at the University of Florida. But I think the biggest thing, they cut off Dan Mullen's press conference yesterday. I don't know if yes. you were but they shut it off, like in the middle of it. Um, that's never a good sign. I Dan's product on the field is not hurting him as much as – his just off-the-field comments. I mean, I understand that Dan was trying to, you know, say that recruiting is not that big of a deal, but that recruiting spill that he gave after the game Saturday is just very disheartening to see in the fan base, I bet. I mean, I did not like that answer one bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I get why. I feel like people are a little overreacting about that. Now, is Dan the recruiter? He should be absolutely not. But a lot of people are taking that as, oh, he doesn't recruit during the year, which is just not right. But I, I agree with what you're saying there. But I don't know what's going on with Florida. I think at the least you get Todd Grantham fired. And I think at the most, it could be everybody gone at the end of the year. I have no clue what's going on. But, so it's going to be something to keep an eye on down there. But Georgia takes care of business as, you know, Florida did not get really outplayed as much as I thought they would. We outgained Georgia in yards. We didn't have – I think we had two more penalties. We had the same turnovers. But our turnovers were just way more costly than y'all's. It was 3 nothing with two and a half minutes left about going to halftime. And I was like, okay, I'll take a 3 nothing lead going in half. Well, then we had the fumble. Then we had a pick. Then we had a pick six. And just like that, it was 24 nothing. And that's the Georgia defense for you, especially when you're throwing a freshman quarterback. So what were your thoughts on that game Saturday? We looked like crap. I don't care what the scoreboard said. That was the worst I've seen Georgia play all year. Um, Stetson did not look good, and it's – it's starting to reinforce some of the theories that I don't know if you can win a national championship with Stetson back there. I don't know if you can win one with JT, but I don't know. I'm seeing some stuff from Stetson. I don't, I'm not looking at a big game. I mean, some throws were just horrible, horrible decision throws. Um, your rush, your running game looked well, but your defense started to fracture a little bit. It came from Florida's rushing. Um, you saw some other problems in the secondary. Keely Rigo was out of position multiple, multiple times on those last those fourth quarter drives. And he kept blaming other people, but at a certain point, you got to go do it yourself. Um, just not overall a big win. I mean, I'm glad to beat Florida. It's always a good thing. It's always a good thing to have the oar back at Athens. But just did not like the Georgia Bulldogs I saw this weekend. Yeah, I agree with that because while, while the scoreboard definitely said, oh, this is a blowout, like I said, if Florida, if Anthony Richardson does not fumble that ball with two and a half minutes left, we probably pick up the first down. We probably take it into half three nothing. That game is a very so much different than the scoreboard turns out to be if that happens. I mean, you're looking at one possession game either way if he does not fumble that ball. And now, while Georgia did dominate, they're still the best team in the country. But I, I mean, that's not the team that you wanted to see out of Georgia Saturday. No, no, absolutely not. And it'll be interesting uh, to see if we get JT come Missouri this weekend. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know what we'll see. And Noah just showed me a TikTok, and book it with Trent. If anybody follows him on TikTok, knows he's a terrible better. And he just picked the Braves to win tonight. So, uh, yeah, I've got the Astros tonight. Yep, never changed the pick. But I will say he did pick the Giants to cover last night, and they did. Well, he's also 0-5 for World Series picks so far this year. We're definitely losing. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump into the Michigan and Michigan State game real quick. We all thought Michigan would win this game pretty handily. Well, you actually said watch out for Michigan State, but Michigan ends up winning. Or, but you said Michigan will win. So, Michigan State surprises us. Kenneth Walker ups his Heisman odds as he goes for five touchdowns. What were your thoughts on that game? I mean, that's exactly what I said. I mean, what you just said, Kenneth Walker's a bad man. I mean, he's he's got to be a Heisman lock, not to maybe win it, but to at least go at this. <laughs> um, but Sparty's definitely going to get a big jump. And 
I know me and you were talking a little bit about this off air. I, I fully expect them to be the number two team in the country when the college football playoff race. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think they're the number two team in the country, but that's probably what you'll see. And like we said, we'll you probably have Alabama at three and Ohio State at four and probably Cincy at five tonight. But so it's gonna be very interesting to watch that. Is it at eight tonight? I think so, something like that. All right. So watch out for that. Next thing I want to talk on is Auburn wins at home against Ole Miss. You know, you said that Ole Miss will win this game pretty handily. I I was back and forth. I, Jackson can tell you I was ready to go Auburn. Then I was like, nope, I'm going with my gut, Ole Miss. So we both go Ole Miss. But Bo Nix looks good again and handles this Ole Miss defense pretty handily. So what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I was very wrong. Auburn played really well on the plane Saturday. We're able to um, – what was I saying? Really just got ahead of the game. You know, hell, Matt Corral in check. Offense played well. I mean, Bo Nix is just always such an enigma. You know, I know Noah likes to make this joke. You don't lose to Bo Nix at home unless you're Auburn. Auburn. Unless, you're, unless you're Alabama Georgia. So, it's the big thing to look forward to. And Auburn looks like the biggest threat to Alabama on the rest of their schedule now. Yeah, I agree with that. So, they'll be interesting to see, you know, that Auburn-Alabama game is looking pretty good at the end. I would still pick Alabama pretty handily, but we'll have to see. You never know with Auburn at home. Oh, Next yeah. game I want to touch on is Ohio State-Penn State. And while Ohio State did not dominate on the scoreboard, they did dominate this game on the field. And it was kind of the opposite of the Georgia-Florida game. Ohio State looked in control most of the game. They outgained Penn State by large margin. They won the turnover battle. It was just when Ohio State got down inside the red zone, they just couldn't convert. They had three trips in the red zone where they came away with zero points. So while that was fine Saturday, that's not going to cut it against teams like Alabama and Georgia and Oklahoma and teams such as that. So they've got fixed those problems, but they look like a really good football team. C.J. Stroud looks a lot better than he did early on the year. So what are your thoughts on that game? I mean, Ohio State had a little rough game, but, like, they're still probably a top four team in the country. You know, everyone's going to circle that game with Michigan State now in a couple weeks, but you know, they survived in advance, and that's all you can ask out of, you know, teams this, these couple these last few weeks. Absolutely, and Penn State's a good football team. Don't get us wrong, but that Ohio State should have beat them a little more handily than that. That line was 18. I project them win by 30, but it's like you said. You've just got to survive in advance. When you play these bad games, can you still win against good teams? And they show that they can. The next team I want to talk about is a team that I've lost a lot of respect for lately. And it's Cincinnati. Before the year, I said if they went out, they should be in the playoffs. Because looking at their schedule, they had a lot of really good teams, including Notre Dame on it. And while they beat Notre Dame, it's not quite the Notre Dame team we were expecting at the beginning of the year. And Cincinnati's just looked very underwhelming the last few games. So what are your thoughts on that Cincinnati team? I just don't know if they're really as good as people still think they are. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Cincinnati <laughs> – See what the rankings come out tonight. It'll be see how the playoff committee views them. Um, I think there'll be about five uh, with a chance to slip in if Alabama loses Georgia in the SEC championship game. But just a very close game with Tulane this weekend. Is that who they played? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know. Just 
I need more. I need a pop. They're not beating people 50 to three like they used to. And, you know, where's that Cincinnati team? Yeah, I agree with that. And Desmond Ritter's a quarterback who everybody's been really high on always, but I've never been on the hop train. I don't think he's quite as good as everybody says makes him out to be. So I just need to see a little more there. Do you have anything on, more on college football you want to touch on real quick? Yes, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons for cracking the top ten for the first time in school history. They were the last Power 5 team to never be in the top ten for football in an AP poll history. And now every top, every Power 5 team has been in. Yeah, their, their offense is really, really good. Sam Hartman is a really good quarterback, and props to them. If they go undefeated, can they be a playoff contender? We don't know. We'll see. But no, their offense is electric. The defense is pretty bad, though. Yeah, the defense isn't that great, but that's just the sad thing. You know, Wake Forest has got a legitimate shot. I mean, they do have to play Clemson at NC State. They'll have to beat both of them. But, you know, the craziest thing is they could legit go 13-0 and get left out. Like, that's – it's just a very sad reality for Wake Forest. Now, will we get it? Who knows? They still got to go over some obstacles in the next couple of weeks. But, you know – I feel like if Wake does go 13-0, they deserve their roses or flowers, and they should be able to get in. We'll see how that ends up. But let's jump into the NFL real quick. And Justin Fields impresses finally. He comes up short in the loss, but it was a really good play game by the 49ers, especially on offense by Elijah Mitchell, who went well over 100 yards, Jimmy G, who had over 300 yards, and Debo, who went for 160 receiving. So what are your thoughts on what you saw from Justin Fields, who had over 100 yards rushing? And what are your thoughts on, you know, them just coming up short to that really explosive 49ers offense right now? Well, the 49ers look like they did when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think a lot of people in the Bay Area have been missing that. And it was nice to see it again. This is the Fields that Chicago thought they stole at pick 19 or whatever. But, you know, that miracle touchdown run that he had was just so beautiful to watch. But, I mean, that was really all I got to see out of that game. I was kind of out of it Sunday. I don't remember what I was doing, but I was not around much for NFL Sunday. But from everything that I've seen in highlights and read, you know, it sounds like Justin Fields had a really good day. Yeah, and I didn't get to watch much NFL because we were in the battery waiting and there was no service. So we're kind of just going off of what we have seen on highlights and read in the stat books. But I want to talk about Mike White, and he stuns the Bengals with Jets. I was keeping up with this game while I was at the Falcons game because I had the Bengals defense in my lineup. Let me just tell you, it was very depressing. Mike White went for about 400 on the Bengals and really impressed. So what are your thoughts on that and them looking forward, Mike White at quarterback? I mean, Mike White was the freaking savior that the New York Jets have been needed. I mean, I saw a TikTok this morning that said, could you make the argument that Mike White just had the single best game in Jets history? And honestly – it might be. Did you, I mean, you got to go back to Joe Namath or days like that to really compete against this. But Mike White had a very good game. Uh, the black jerseys on Halloween was definitely the right move. Uh, you know, stud the Beagles. A little scary Terry action out there in the MetLife. Yeah, I agree with that. And the next game I want to talk about is Trevor Simeon for the Saints. As Jameis Winston goes out of the game, leads them to a win over Tom Brady. So what were your thoughts on that one? Well, the Buccaneers are going to have petty losses, and that's just one of them. Trevor Simeon didn't play exceptionally well, and I think the question is now with him out the rest of the year, 
Are the Saints going to trust him, or are they going to go try to get somebody? And if they do try to go get somebody, who could that be? I mean, these are all questions that Sean Payton and the New Orleans front office now have to answer. Yeah, and I think the Saints need to <coughs> come up and, you know, see, are they really right there ready to compete in the playoffs? Which they kind of seem like it right now. I think they're 5-2. and two. And so how big of a quarterback can you go get? Are you going to look at maybe a Deshaun Watson or going somebody like that? Or maybe do you want to just fall back and keep Simeon or go and try Taysom Hill or go get someone like Cam Newton? I think there's a lot of names that could be up right now. Hold up, Noah's just – hold up. We got a breaking news. We have Phillip Rivers to the Saints. What? Or, he's open to going to op- the Saints. He's open to going to the Saints. Oh, oh. Okay. I thought it said he's going. He's open to going to the Saints. Isn't Phillip Rivers a high school football coach, though? Yeah, his team is the playoff, so he might be <laughs> – that's good. Understandable. Uh, I, I don't like that. Phillip Rivers has not been a good quarterback for two or three years. So yeah. I, I think I'd rather keep Trevor Simeon. Honestly. No, go get Cam Newton. Go get go get Gardner Minshew out of Philadelphia. Don't let that boy sit there. Um, yeah, go get somebody, though, if you think you're a real contender. But, I mean, the trade is in, what, 45 minutes? <laughs> is it at three or four? I think it was at four. Well, an hour and 45 minutes. They better be getting on the phone. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about Matthew Stafford as he continues his MVP run in a blowout win versus the Texans. And I want to touch on Ernest Jones real quick. Props to him from the 9-1-2 getting his first career interception as he started the game at linebacker. And But this Rams team looks really good right now. Matthew Stafford's the quarterback that we expected him to be. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, all the playmakers on offense. Daryl Henderson looking really good. They just traded for Vaughn Miller. So what are your thoughts on this Rams team? This Rams team looks loaded. You know, I don't know how you can pick against them right now. But the craziest thing is them and the Cardinals are both going to be in a deadlock for that NFC West. And the loser's going to go to the wild card and probably beat each other again at the NFC Championship, possibly. I mean, both of those teams just look phenomenal, but the Rams keep getting better every week. They just added Vaughn Miller. Matthew Stafford is playing at an MVP caliber level. It's just very hard to look at this team and find a flaw with them. Yeah, I agree. And could you imagine as a quarterback seeing Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald rushing at you? Oh, and by the way, let me just tell you, Jalen Ramsey's out at cornerback trying to uh, cover your best wide receiver. So just yeah. imagine that as a quarterback. It would be awful. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing I want to talk on is the Chiefs struggle again. They pull out a close one on Monday Night Football against the Giants. Patrick Mahomes has another interception. Was it really his fault? No. He threw it right to the dude, hit him in the helmet, went up, picked off. But he seems to be a lot more careless this year with the ball. I think he had two fumbles that they did recover both of them. But he just a lot more careless. This Chiefs offense isn't as explosive as we've seen. Travis Kelsey's not getting as much involved as he used to be. So what are your thoughts as they struggle? I mean, it's a very concerning thing, you know, to watch for the Chiefs faithful. And I know there's been some animosity between the fan base and the players this past week. Mahomes seems to be underperforming. Andy Reid's not giving the best game plan like he has in years past. 
there's some serious trouble with Kansas City. Yeah, I agree with that. And do you have anything else you want to touch on the NFL real quick? Not in the NFL, but it's flag football night for y'all, is it not? It sure is. The next two nights. Ooh, back-to-backs? Yeah. Wow. So that'll be fun. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. And do you have a hot take for us? Um, I want to say this, but then if I say it, it won't happen. So Go ahead and hit us with it. But no, if I say it, it won't happen. Hit us with it. Max Reed has a no-hitter through five innings. I mean, I'm not opposed. I doubt it happens, but well, <laughs> I'd love to see it. I mentioned it, so it's over now. All right, well, I'll give you something along with the Braves game as well. You know how the Houston Bats have kind of destroyed everybody through the postseason. They scored nine last game on us. I think the Braves give them a little taste of their own medicine. I think the Braves go for seven-plus tonight. Interesting, interesting. You have anything for us, Noah? Our bullpen does not give up a hit tonight as we finish out the series. All right. So we're all looking for really good outings from the Braves. Yeah. We say all of this as Boogit with Trent is over here betting on our downfall. Oh, no, no. Houston goes for 20. Houston wins 20 to 2, and the Braves don't even show up to Houston tomorrow. We just come back and give them the trophy. Yeah, we just forfeit. (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any last words? Uh, Go Braves. Go Braves.